0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Crime Colts and
1: Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Brynn. And what do you have to tell us? Do you have anything fun going on in your life right now? Yes. Happy wedding day to me. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be your wedding day by the time this comes out. I know. It's insane. Wow. Are you well? Okay. So if you don't know, we record one week in advance. Are you, how are you feeling?
0: Well, considering I'm technically a week away. I'm right now anxious to finish all the stuff that I need to get done. Yeah. But I'm also super excited and anticipating the actual wedding day because this has been years in the making, literally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But – So excited. Bryn day of wedding, which is technically right now, I guess. Yeah. I'm probably just really amped. And grateful to be with all my friends and family, and to be finally celebrating with everyone. Oh and celebrating Timo and I's love. Oh, I love.
1: <laughs> I love weddings. I love dancing at weddings. I love being at weddings. I cry at weddings. They're just my thing.
0: Yeah, same. I think wedding dancing is my favorite pastime, honestly and present time. <laughs> Honestly,
1: but um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think the best part about it all is like the last couple days when you know everything is like done and you can just like enjoy and look forward to the day of because that's really what matters, obviously.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I think as of Sunday, I'll be able to do that because that's like my final meeting where all my paperwork stuff has to be turned in. Mm -hmm. And shout out mom who has been – the biggest fucking help
1: yeah she's been huge
0: <laughs> yeah and just literally spending her days doing all these crazy decorations for me which was a vision that I really didn't expect to be brought to life the way it has <laughs> It's gonna be so fucking cool I can't wait. I'm so excited we're gonna do put... you have
1: anything you're listening to or watching So I actually started the new season of the wilds like you had mentioned oh what do you think it's really good I don't know I I love it just as much as the first season I think
0: yeah same and by the end you're just wanting more so that show better get picked up for a fucking third season yeah honestly and then we were gonna start the second half of
1: Stranger Things last night but we got home maybe like 9 30 10 and we look in the episodes an hour and a half <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I haven't started that yet either.
1: There's only two more episodes. No! Yeah, but they're, like, long as fuck. Like, I think one's an hour and a half and the other one's, like, two hours.
0: No, when they said part two, I was expecting another, like, six or something. Same.
1: I was highly disappointed. But, I mean, I don't Damn know. Damn it. I don't know how they're going to wrap it up in four hours, but they have to make it happen.
0: Damn it.
1: I know. Oh, man. Stranger Things is the best. Honestly, I love it so much.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to rewatch it because I was watching a couple of the first season episodes with Casey a couple nights ago and I'm like, wow, I really have to rewatch all this again.
1: Yeah. And then really the only other thing I'm listening to is I've mentioned it before, but something was wrong. I'm obsessed with her podcast. It's it's just so fucking good, and I'm listening to the latest season. I think I'm caught up on. So yeah, so good. Her name is Tiffany Reese, and it's a really fucking good podcast. So if you haven't yet listened to
0: Something Was Wrong, yeah, I've been I've I'm all caught up on that as well. Yeah, I actually do have another podcast recommendation. I don't remember if I've ever mentioned it on here or not, so I'm just gonna mention it again it's called badlands and it's about basically all these crazy stories revolving around hollywood or actors and actresses from hollywood and conspiracies or felonies or controversies that they've been in and typically i'm not one to follow that kind of shit yeah but some of their, ep- like, actually all of his episodes, they're done really well. He has an episode on Heath Ledger and the death of Heath Ledger. and Oh, my um, God, Heath. Yeah, and Brittany Murphy and how she potentially, there's stuff going around that she could have actually been murdered and poisoned and not actually died from pneumonia. And wow. it's it's so good. The way he covers it, too, is just so well done.
1: Wow, that sounds really good. Yeah.
0: Good. Well, do you want to talk about our coffees today? Yeah, sure. So we're doing something a little different. Props to Kels for the idea. (laughs) We are going to be giving some summer coffee recipe suggestions. And we personally have not tried these yet because we were like, you know what? Let's each find one that sounds really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give these to you guys, tell you guys how to make them. We'll also post them on our res- like in our resources and everything and on our recommendations. But we will give you a review at a later date.
1: Yes, and we want to see you guys post pictures of them. I mean, they look fucking amazing. I wanted to mention this last episode, but I forgot. If you've been listening to our podcast for a long time or a short time and you have not, reached out to like let us know like hey i love your podcast hey i listen to you weekly please just do it because honestly it means the world to us to hear that there's people listening and it's just not like a number that we see every week every week on our charts of how many people are listening it would mean so much if you reached out and you were just like i've been listening since this time i've been listening since this time tell us things that you like or wish that we would change because honestly hearing from you guys Rather than it just being a number is means so much to me.
0: Completely agree, and I just got chills as you said that because over the last week alone. Yeah, that's why I said. We, it. <laughs> yeah, we've had three people approach us that we had no idea even listened. One woman that listens is a teacher, and she has gotten permission for her class to listen to us. Like, which and I want to cry thinking about it. I know, and. Just the fact like when those situations happen, like Kelsey said, that kind of just reiterates and makes us feel and it's not like we're looking for validation for ourselves. But it's like, okay, this is why we we spend the time and energy doing this. And it just brings us so much joy that you're you're taking time out of your day to be with us on here. (laughs) And it honestly gets me so fucking amped
1: to like record because then I'm like, oh my God, now I know this person listens and I don't know. It honestly just means the world to me. And if you listen, just let us know. It could literally be a quick DM with like a heart so we know or something. I just want to know the people that are listening because it means so much to me.
0: Right. Because ultimately, I mean, aside from the cases we cover and the people involved in the cases we cover, the victims, their families this is for you as well. Right? Yeah, I agree. Kels. that's, I'm so glad you pointed that out. Yeah, I just wanted to
1: mention, it. I forgot to mention it last time. And then you were telling me like about these people. And I was like, Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. Me up I mean, yeah, I actually just was with another person last night that told me. They listened.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: I was completely shocked because it was shout out Sue. It was someone's mom that I have known since I was a little girl. And she pulled me aside last night at my friend's memorial and was like, I listened to your podcast, by the way.
1: I have the fucking chills. And like, <laughs> honestly, thank you to all the people that do reach out. Like, my sister literally te- texts me weekly and she's like, Yay, it's Friday, time for crime cults and coffee. Oh, I know. And like, it's just like little things like that. And it just, it really, it really makes me pump to record. So, so,
0: and branching off of that, if you guys do, taste or try these coffees we're about to recommend please let us know your review on them because you might get to it before we do
1: agreed so yeah let us know if it's a good or a bad one and if we should try it. (laughs) before i talk about mine i quickly want to shout out carson because he cracks me the fuck up so i ask him like every once in a while can you make me a coffee usually on saturday mornings when we're both off And for the past few months, he's been making these funny little coffee latte art on top. And this morning, I was like, hey, can you go like down and make me a coffee while I'm getting ready to record? He comes up with a fucking latte that says nice boobs. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I was fucking dying. I think I need to make like a compilation of all of the ones that he made, post it on our Instagram, because it honestly makes my day. They're so fucking funny.
0: Yeah, you do. Maybe we could have a highlight for Carson's
1: coffee art. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, deal. So I just wanted
0: to quickly say that before I talk about my coffee. We still have to post his cocachino, by the way.
1: Oh, my God. That was the funniest shit ever. I think that was my favorite (laughs) just because it had a name to go with it. So I'm going to be talking about the recipe for a dirty horchata. Yum. I know. I'm so excited. I'm going to read a little blurb about what a horchata is exactly just so you know like what's in it and what you're looking at. So horchata is a sweet cinnamon drink popular throughout Latin America and is typically made with soaking rice and water, straining it through a fine mesh to eliminate the solids and then sweetening with like sugar, cinnamon, that kind of stuff. So that's just the gist of like a horchata and then you throw in some espresso and that makes it a dirty horchata.
0: So fucking good. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to
1: just talk about how to make it and then I'm not going to give the ingredients one tablespoon of this whatever because I feel like that'll just be easier to read when we yeah we could just post that yeah so I'll just, just talk about the steps of how to make it so you add the rice and two and a half cups of water into a large container and cover and then let it soak at room temperature overnight so just put the rice and the water in the fridge let it soak and then in the morning, you pour the rice and the liquid into a blender and blend it up until it's really really fine. And then you add in some condensed milk, nutmeg, cinnamon, and then you blend that. And then you pour the big mixture into a large pitcher or bowl. Add in whole milk and whisk until it's incorporated. And then you to serve it, you divide the horchata among ice-filled glasses. Top with cold brew concentrate to taste and add two to three tablespoons of cold brew for each horchata. So that's how you make it. I mean, I think I've read some recipes, too, where you can strain it before you blend it up so it's not thicker. Mm -hmm. But uh, this one looks really fucking good and I want to try it.
0: Sounds delicious. Can't wait. We'll have to do that poolside one day soon and we'll give you guys a review. Agreed. So the coffee that I'm going to be talking about is an iced coconut milk mocha macchiato. Yum. Yeah. I got this recipe from a blog called withsaltandwit.com, which I'll post for you guys, because aside from this coffee, she has stuff on this site that looks fucking unreal. Yum. For example, a pumpkin cake mix cinnamon roll. What? What? Yeah, and banana, peanut butter, breakfast cookies, everything from bread to snack mix. It looks so good. So this iced coconut milk mocha macchiato, it just says, brew your coffee if you have not done so yet. Place in freezer to chill while making remaining drink. You fill a tall glass, three quarters with ice. You add the coconut milk, creamer, and stevia and stir. And then you slowly pour the chilled coffee on top and drizzle with chocolate syrup
1: shut up that's yeah
0: and it sounds so simple but when you see this fucking picture like holy holy mother of god this just looks so good yeah and i will just say coconut sugar
1: is so good it's expensive as fuck but it's really good so it's worth it go and buy it
0: Mm -hmm. so we'll post those for you guys try them out if you like them or if you don't like them send us a rating so we we know what you think
1: Yes. All right. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Today's case is suggested by Alyssa. Alyssa has sent me so many cases and I just want to say thank you so much for always thinking of us because she's super into true crime, creepy, all that kind of stuff. And she's always like thinking of us and sending me recommendations when she hears of a cool, crazy or weird case. So thank you so much, Alyssa.
0: Thank you, Alyssa. Yeah, so today's
1: case is about the Richardson family murders. If you look it up and you're not finding it, it's probably because it's under the name Jasmine Richardson, but we want to name it the Richardson family murders. So a little bit of background. Jasmine Richardson is one of the main players in this case. She was 12 years old at the time of the event. She lived in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada with her family. Her dad was Mark Richardson, who was 42 at the time. Her mom was Deborah Richardson, who was 48. And her brother was Tyler Jacob Richardson, who was eight years old. She was described as church-oriented and an honor student. Another big player in this case is Jeremy. So his background, his full name is Jeremy Allen Steinke. Not that he deserves to really be spoken about much, but it's somewhat helpful to know his background, like we have mentioned before, and how he was raised to maybe put some sense into, I I don't even, I can't even say that because I don't know, just know that we don't want to talk about him much. Mm Mm-hmm. His mother was an alcoholic and her partner abused him. He was bullied in school and at some point in his life attempted suicide. He started a new persona at age 13 and he would wear a vial of blood around his neck and he was claiming that he was a 300-year-old werewolf.
0: So, clearly, there was mental illness in the picture. Right.
1: And I don't know how old he was at that point. I mean, he was 13 when he started this new persona. So,
0: I mean, that's that's very young for mental illness. I think, too. When, when I had read that, I was like, Wh- whose blood was this? Right. Like, where did he get this? Did he make a vial of his own blood?
1: Did he order it off, like, some weird website? Who knows? Right. Another article stated that he told friends that he was a three hundred year old vampire instead of a werewolf. But yeah, one of the two. Either
0: way, fucked up. Clearly, he was very into Twilight. <laughs> oh my god, was that, that the was that the era? Was that the Twilight? Era? He's like, mm, I'm torn between Team Jacob and Team Edward. <laughs> Which team was he on? <laughs> yeah. He's claiming to be a werewolf, and then he's claiming to be a vampire.
1: Okay, I will just say I miss that era. It was so good, but now if I watch it, I just laugh.
0: I know. I'm still stuck in my Harry Potter era and forever will be, though, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like like That won't, like, age out, though. I feel like Twilight has definitely aged out. Now it's weird. Also, allegedly, he told some friends that he liked the taste of blood which I feel like that was maybe like an attention thing, or I don't know, maybe he drank blood, who knows. Mm. He referred to himself as a, quote, soul eater. By 13, he also had been diagnosed with depression and hyperactivity. So mental illness from a very young age, and if it's not obviously properly taken care of at that point, it's going to spiral.
0: Yeah, I I feel like it, it had to have, and it has to be more than just depression and hyperactivity. Uh, yeah that doesn't explain what's to come Ugh, i don't know so a little bit about jasmine and jeremy's relationship in early 2006 they met at a punk rock concert she was 12 and jeremy was 23 years old which is absolutely fucking disgusting like i'm sorry but in no world is that age gap okay no he was a full-blown predator that's insane Jeremy began changing Jasmine from the girl everyone once knew to someone much more dark. She quickly became a member on the website VampireFreaks.com, and he also had an account on this site. So it sounds like
1: he chose Team Edward.
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> and sucked her into his little obsession. girls. Which I think in itself is grooming. Oh, 100%.
1: Like, doing this to a 16 or 17-year-old is grooming, and
0: you're doing it to a fucking child, like a 12-year-old. Yeah, that's absolutely – I can't even – it makes me sick to my stomach to even think about that. So there was speculation that they had met on this site, Vampire Freaks, but it was then told to be the punk rock show. So that's how they kind of established that she became a member afterwards. Got it. They also spoke on Nexopia, which was a website that, quote, young Canadians would go on. I've never heard of that website. No, I'm assuming like when I had read that, I kind of correlated that to AIM or yeah, uh, like something like that back in the day where people just chat. Yeah. Jasmine's username on Nexopia was, quote, Runaway Devil. On it, she said she was 15 instead of 12. Still doesn't make it better, but okay. No, still completely underage. Yeah. Jasmine began wearing dark makeup to make herself look much older. And Jasmine's parents found out about the relationship and told her she was not to be with him or see him again for obvious reasons.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jesus.
0: At some point, they took her computer and grounded her, and after family counseling and changes that were seen in Jasmine, she convinced her parents to return her computer. April 3rd,
1: 2006, Jeremy was pissed about Jasmine's parents' reaction, so he wrote on his blog, and this is a whole quote, Quote, Payment. My lover's rents are totally unfair. They say they really care. They don't know what is going on. They just assume. Their throats, I want to slit. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. That's so disgusting. What a fucking idiot, too.
0: To post it on his blog? Yeah, I mean... I I just don't understand this person. I don't understand how no one reported that.
1: Right. Like, how did... I mean... I don't know, maybe it's, like, a common thing on his blog to post weird shit like that and, like, nobody looks at it. I don't know.
0: And people were like, oh, it's just a form of poetry or something.
1: Yeah. Police reports later came out to say that Jasmine was the initial instigator in the plan, though, because she emailed Jeremy this initially. Quote, It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. End quote. He said back, quote, Well, I love your plan, but we need to have we need to get a little more creative with like details and stuff. So either way, they were both like on board with this fucking horrible plan. And it I just can't even believe that this happened.
0: Yeah, I had read too that. She sent that to him like right after she got her computer back.
1: Oh, my God. So she was putting on like an act for her parents, basically. Right. For them to return her stuff. Allegedly, during this time, Jasmine told her friends about her plan to kill her parents, but they didn't believe her and thought she was joking. And, like, I'm not going to put blame on her friends in this case. Like, obviously, you're a 13-year-old, 12-year-old girl. You're going to be like, oh, I hate my parents. Like, it could have just been, like, a-, a casual conversation like that. Mm-hmm. And her friends were like, yeah, same. But, like, I don't know. I'm- I-, I don't put much weight on that conversation.
0: Yeah, I also feel... I mean, some of them, aside from joking, even though that's clearly not a joke, unless, like you said, she said it like, oh, I'm going to kill my parents. Yeah. But if she actually told them a plan to kill her parents, maybe they were really scared to tell someone. That's true. That also could have been the case, yeah. Yeah, because they were kids. Like, they were, like, babies, pretty much.
1: Literally children, not even in high school yet. Like, what? Mm -hmm. April 22nd, 2006. Jeremy and Jasmine watched the movie Natural Born Killers together. Some articles state that friends were present for this movie as well, like a group gathering kind of. And just a little background, if you've never seen Natural Born Killers, it's, quote, about a young couple who go on a violent killing spree. And that's a Wikipedia quote. Allegedly, at some point, Jeremy had also referred to this movie as, quote, the best love story of all time. So I feel like this kind of just like fueled their fire and gave them ideas.
0: Yeah, I feel like for him to state it was the best love story of all time. That's already just showing how ill he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, what this is 10 years after his diagnosis of mental health issues, 10 years of potentially no treatment or minimal treatment, it's things are going to fucking spiral. Mm hmm.
0: To be honest, I'm actually surprised he didn't say Twilight was the best love story of all time. (laughs) What about Bella and Edward? And that would have been, that's like, not not violent. It's an actual love story. Did you have an Edward or a Jacob cutout in your bedroom? Oh, Edward. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up in the corner of my room.
1: (sighs) A friend of mine growing up, shout out Ken, if you listen, had a, I think it was, I think it was a Jacob cutout in their bedroom. I don't remember.
0: Oh, a team Jacob.
1: I think it was Jacob. No, no, it was definitely Edward. It was one of the two. I don't know. And we like fucked with that thing so much. It was so funny.
0: Yeah. Everyone used to always say when they slept over, it scared the shit out of them because in the middle of the night, they would wake up and just see. I'm standing there.
1: Those things, everybody had a cutout. I never had one myself.
0: That's where my brothers took out their aggression when they were mad at me about something <laughs> on the Edward cutout. Yeah, because they knew it would really hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on to April 23rd, 2006. At 1 o'clock p.m., the bodies of Mark, Deborah, and Tyler Jacob were found in the family home in Medicine Hat. Ugh. A younger boy had gone to the house to play with Tyler Jacob, and I guess he kind of looked through the windows, probably knocked, didn't get an answer, that type of situation, and he thought he saw a body through the window. I can't even fucking imagine. No, and that is also completely scarring for that child. Like, he was, what, probably around eight years old? Yeah.
1: Like, that is fucking terrifying going to see your friend down the street and seeing that oh my god i can't
0: he then ran home and told his mom and she called the police inspector brent secondiak went to the home and saw one person on the ground through the basement window he then called other officers thinking that maybe someone was just injured or having a medical emergency and that they could be helped And upon entering with backup, Deborah and Mark were found in the basement of the home. Tyler Jacob was upstairs, and they had all been brutally murdered. I just literally want to cry because
1: how the fuck do you murder your little brother? My little brother means the world to me, and I can't even imagine even thinking of doing that.
0: No, absolutely not. Let alone your parents. (sighs) I don't understand how you even think about something like this, let alone go through with it, and face your parents and little brother as this is happening.
1: I I just can't even. Like, you have to have zero empathy. No remorse. You have to be a fucking sociopath.
0: Yeah, a sociopath or a psychopath. Absolutely. It was observed that the family's 12-year-old daughter, Jasmine, was missing, and they initially thought that she may have been taken or murdered as well, and an Amber Alert was put out for her. Police also released a statement saying that they were looking for her, quote, regarding a serious family matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, initially, you're not going to think that the 12 year old sister and daughter murdered her family
0: no absolutely not especially since like you come upon a gruesome traumatizing scene you find not only these parents but i read in articles there's been long lasting effects on these officers and investigators with the little boy like how they found the little boy tyler jacob Mm. and first thought you're gonna think oh my god where's the 12 year old right right
1: Not that like the 12 year old may have done this.
0: Mm -hmm. Police found
1: the following through their investigation. Deborah had been killed first. She was stabbed a minimum of a dozen times. Mark had heard her screams and went downstairs to help her. And he tried to fight back with a screwdriver. He was also stabbed. And one article said that he was stabbed 24 times. Like that is overkill.
0: Complete overkill. So much anger. Tyler Jacob had been
1: stabbed five times and his throat had been cut in his bed. Evidence found in Jasmine's room and locker soon pointed to her being a suspect instead of a victim. Digital evidence was the main part of this, especially the emails between the couple. So that's kind of when police like switched gears to thinking that she was a suspect.
0: That's so fucking
1: sickening. I can't even imagine the trauma that the police officers have to deal with now, let alone the family, let alone everybody who these two fucking hurt.
0: No, and like you put an Amber Alert out for this child and then it turns out, oh my god, she was involved in this. April 24th,
1: 2006. This was the day after the Richardson family was found. Jasmine and Jeremy were located and arrested in Leader, Saskatchewan. The town of Leader was about 81 miles or 130 kilometers from her home, so not too far. They were charged with the murder of the Richardson family. Allegedly, two hours after the murders took place, the couple was seen laughing and kissing at a restaurant. Fucking disgusting. So clearly no remorse there. How do you, like, how How are you that young and you're able to do something like that and not even be affected? They were, like, happy about it. You can't really call this a fun fact, but sometime after the arrest, Jeremy asked Jasmine to marry him, and she said yes. That is so fucking disgusting. She's 12, and he
0: is 23. And you both just brutally murdered her family.
1: I just can't even, I can't even imagine how people are this vile.
0: You are literally in police custody. You are arrested and you're thinking about marriage to a 12 year old. It was believed
1: that Jeremy murdered the parents while Jasmine killed her younger brother. Like, I just can't, I don't understand. How do you look at your younger brother and do that?
0: It's horrible. horrible. The most I can possibly hope for that child was that he was sleeping when it happened. And didn't feel
1: anything. Yeah, and didn't
0: see that it was his fucking sister about to do that to him. Because that is just so, that's just, like, so beyond horrendous. You're fucking children. Like, that should be your best friend. hmm May
1: 3rd, 2006. Jeremy's friend Casey Lancaster, who was 19 at the time, was also charged She was charged as an accessory to the murder. Casey had driven them away in her pickup truck, and she also disposed of evidence, so that's why she was charged.
0: Moving on to the convictions. July 9th, 2007, Jasmine pled not guilty during her trial. And this is a quote from allthatsinteresting.com. Quote, She said she had, quote-unquote, hypothetical conversations about killing her family but didn't intend on ever going through with it but you fucking did yeah so i don't care how old you are and not only did you go through with it you partook in it i just i can't understand even so there are some reports that said she did confess to murdering her brother because quote she didn't want him to grow up an orphan. You don't fucking
1: kill him, and maybe you don't murder your parents, so that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, and that's not a valid reason for taking the life of your brother. He was eight. after having someone take the life of your parents if you weren't involved in that part of it. Horrible. And that ha- that growing up an orphan quote was from voxbliss.com. She was found guilty of three counts of first-degree murder. And Jasmine was 13 at the time of her conviction. It's believed that she's the youngest person to ever be convicted of a multiple murder in Canada.
1: I just can't believe the amount of manipulation and other stuff behind the scenes that probably went on before all this happened by Jeremy. Because he was clearly the adult in the situation. That doesn't mean that she's not held responsible. She should be. But how do you go from this little sweet person that was, that was an honor student to doing something like this?
0: Right. I mean, she was definitely groomed. She was definitely preyed upon. Right. But it's also like, was the clear mental illness or sociopath nature there all along? Right. Or was this just the innocent, not innocence, I shouldn't use that word. Or was this just the mindset of a 12-year-old girl who thought she was in love and just following whatever this grown man kind of convinced her to do? Or they were like, oh, our love has to survive all this. What's the easiest way for our love to survive? Right. Let's kill my family type of thing. Right. Not rationally thinking as a 12-year-old that – once once you do something like this there's no coming back from it. Yeah. And this is literally the most horrible decision you could possibly make. Yeah. I hope that she is the youngest person to ever convict this type of crime in Canada because I know. That's just unreal. I I just can't even I
1: I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah.
0: Because of her age, Jasmine fell within the regulations of the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Under this act, 12 is the youngest age one could be charged for a crime. Those under 14 at the time that they committed the crime could not be charged as an adult. Her name was not able to be published in Canada after becoming a suspect, and she was only identified as J.R., for our jasmine richardson obviously it wasn't clear if this meant in articles that she was referenced as jr or just in court during the trial so i don't know if they completely didn't mention her name at all in articles or if in articles they used the jr yeah or if the jr was just in reference to court trials because that wasn't really made clear in the articles where we found this information not only this she couldn't receive more than a 10-year sentence under the statute i have mixed feelings about this because
1: clearly she knew what the fuck she was doing even if she was a child and her brain wasn't fully developed because it's not right and she was groomed she still fucking murdered somebody yeah You
0: still, you know, right from wrong when it comes to murder. Right. November 8th, 2007, Jasmine
1: was sentenced to a max of 10 years. She got time served for 18 months that she had already spent in police custody, and she qualified for an intensive rehabilitation custody and supervision, or IRCS, sentence. She was then ordered to spend four years in a psychiatric facility and four and a half years, quote, under conditional supervision in the community
0: i don't agree with that i i I
1: don't under like
0: i don't understand how is this like a punishment no her family was brutally murdered i mean when it's like she was a child so i like you said i'm very torn with the length of her sentence yeah but i somewhat understand that act and where they're coming from that it's A child and they're possibly giving the chance them the chance to be rehabilitated into society and not spending the rest of their life in prison right but at the same time her family was brutally murdered it's not like she stole a piece of candy from a candy store
1: right and I feel like she was on the cusp of being I think that the age limit should have been lowered it shouldn't have been 14 I think it should have been lowered because by that point, you know what the fuck you're doing.
0: And even if the time she was given was 10 years, like let's say we're understanding that side of it, it, she's not really serving those 10 years in prison. No. If she's spending four years in a psychiatric facility, she got time served, and then four and a half under supervision in the community, then you're not even really doing time
1: right and i think you like that you definitely need that i agree with the psychiatric portion of it like yes you need some type of mental help other articles said that she received six years in jail followed by four years of supervision so there's different accounts in that aspect of how she served her time unless it was like a combination of all of that or maybe they ha- there have been like previous sentences before she was given the IRCS sentence. But regardless, it, it wasn't very long, a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: September of 2011, she took classes at Mount Royal University in Calgary during the last couple years of her sentencing. So she was able to go to college. I- again, I don't know how I feel about that. I honestly don't agree with that. If you decided at a young age, yes, your brain's not able to make decisions fully yet, but like to fuck up your life, why do you? Why would you get a chance while you're serving time to to get an education? I don't know. I don't,
0: this whole case is just. I think it it's very conflicting because on in one aspect you see that she was literally a fucking child and he was a predator. Yeah, and she was groomed. But then there's absolutely no excuse still for her family and her little brother to have been murdered.
1: Yeah, it's just, I think it's such a strange case that you don't know what to think. And Mm -hmm. that's probably what the lawmakers were thinking as well. Yeah. During the fall, she was released from a psychiatric hospital. Jasmine had undergone, quote, extensive rehabilitation and treatment after she was sentenced psychiatric assessment revealed that she was diagnosed with conduct disorder and oppositional defiant disorder and that was a quote from allthingsinteresting.com I mean yeah at that age yes absolutely oppositional defiant like there's no other way to put it except for maybe a sociopath or a psychopath but I don't even know if I don't even think you can diagnose a kid as that that's why it starts out with like oppositional defiant And then after a certain age, it's like, yeah, you're you have either a personality disorder or I I don't know. It's just crazy. That's true. It's so complicated because she was so little. Yeah. October of 2012, her rehabilitation was reportedly going well and experts considered her remorse to be genuine at that point. Interesting thing, though. And at least towards the start of her jail time, Jasmine and Jeremy would send letters to each other. So was she having remorse or was she putting on an act? Mm -hmm. They promised to get married in these letters. In none of them, did they show guilt or remorse for what they had done? It was unclear from reports when these letters stopped, assuming that they had stopped at some point. So... I feel like if you're sending letters back and forth to the person that you committed murders with, you don't have remorse and you're not, at least in the beginning of her sentence at least. I don't know.
0: Well, also at some point, wouldn't you mention some kind of guilt in the letters if you had remorse or guilt about it? Like, wouldn't you be like, I wish we had never done this? Right. Or found
1: another way or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or... I'm sick to my stomach. Why did we make this decision? Or my family's gone. Like, why wouldn't you mention what you had done at all? Unless you were lying to the people that were trying to help you. May 6th, 2016, there was a final sentence review for Jasmine. Her sentence was done. She was cleared of, quote, Any further court-ordered conditions, restrictions, or supervision. And that was a quote from Wiki. Jesus. It was noted that during this final review, Jasmine did not make any kind of apology or show visible remorse. I don't understand being cleared ...of supervision in a way. Not that she needs to be constantly supervised, but you would think that they would still kind of keep tabs on her. Right, like, what did they do with her then, you know? She was just, like, released. And that was that. I don't understand. Moving on to Jeremy, while he was in custody, he admitted to an undercover cop that he had murdered the Richardson parents. November 2008, he went to trial and was found guilty for three counts of first-degree murder. And he was 25 at the time of this conviction.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I have zero. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I, can- Absol-
0: I understand what you're saying, and he can fucking rot.
1: I can give a shit less about him. He knew what the fuck he was doing. He was 23. He preyed on a child and then murdered people.
0: He was literally a pedophile who liked the taste of blood, apparently. God. December 15th, 2008, unlike Jasmine, he didn't have the Youth Criminal Justice Act on his side, and he was sentenced to three life sentences served concurrently. He's eligible for parole after 25 years. I don't understand that part. Probably part of some kind of plea deal, I'm assuming. I don't understand. Uh, he He's clearly going to be denied yeah, if I- he hasn't been already. I mean- like if somehow he got an early kind of parole, he had to. He's gonna be denied. He has to. There's no way. Lastly, Casey Lancaster, which was the friend, the accessory to murder charge that she had been charged with was dropped, and she pled guilty to an obstruction charge, which I don't really. They didn't really go into an explanation of how or why that charge was brought about yeah she was sentenced to one year of house arrest through a plea bargain and she was also told to refrain from drugs and alcohol during this sentence i also don't
1: understand this she knew what was happening she was literally their getaway and then covered up evidence and got away with fucking nothing yeah a year of house arrest like big deal yeah Um. for real
0: though Especially for a crime like that. Yeah. It's not like she was the getaway driver for taking a TV from a house. Right. Like, it was a fucking murder. Yeah. Murders. There was mention, too, before you move on, there was mention, too, about him saying during some part of either the trial or his confession, or this was just what his lawyer was trying to use for his side of the story, They tried saying that he was under the influence of drugs or alcohol or something during this murder. All the more reason he should be in jail forever. (laughs) Yeah, whether or not that's true, I don't give two fucks because he murdered people.
1: Yeah, like that's no excuse. So on to the aftermath. There were torn opinions from the public on the time that Jasmine had served. Some thought she should have been charged as an adult and longer for the crime that she took part in. Some felt she deserved another chance and hoped that the rehabilitation program worked for her. I honestly don't even know where
0: I stand on it. Same. Very torn. I I feel like I need to think about that. I don't know. Either way, her family should not have lost their lives. That's what it comes down to.
1: Exactly. According to an article from Vox Bliss... Jasmine has not reoffended since being released, therefore qualifying to have her record permanently sealed, which is very interesting. Apparently, after five years of not offending, her youth records would be sealed as long as she doesn't do anything criminal as an
0: adult, which I think that, you know, that should not happen. I feel like that is how not saying she's going to reoffend again, I want to make that clear, but I feel like that is how people reoffend with situations like this. That's how people reoffend and aren't stopped before something happens. Right. And not to
1: mention for future employers, I would want to know if my future employer murdered her brother. Yeah, as a child. Yeah. For like a bad...
0: I mean, also there's been stories where people are I don't know, pe- people committed a crime or committed a murder and are pulled over in their car. We've seen that multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. And they their information's run, and for some reason or other – it's not pulled up that they're, they've are they been convicted of kidnapping or they're a rapist or they're a pedophile. Right. This information doesn't come up for some reason, whether it's out of that jurisdiction or there's a glitch in the system or something like this happened where their records were sealed. And then something could have been prevented during their time of reoffending or they could have been taken into custody because of this or become a suspect because of this. And like things happen because things are covered up like this. Right. Because then the police officer looks at it as,
1: oh, you're the, this is, you're a first time offender. I'm letting you go.
0: Right. Exactly. And I feel like that alone, these records should not be sealed. No. It's enough that she served 10 years. It's enough that hopefully she actually rehabilitated in this, program and yeah she gets the chance to live her life out in the world now that should be enough without completely erasing everything she had done from her records yeah i agree or sealing everything i should say
1: this is a quote from OKBliss.com. quote judge brooker's final review of the case concluded that richardson has successfully reached all of her rehabilitation goals and is unlikely to reoffend again as an adult unlikely yeah sure but like still people should know about it we can only hope so yeah she now lives a secret of life at an unknown location in canada this presumably includes a new identity
0: i just hope that it's an unknown location to us but yeah. that authorities still have tabs on where she is yeah or that she still has to check in once in a while like yeah i agree <laughs> because if she has a new identity too how are they how are they keeping track of if she re-offends right first responding investigator
1: brent Sekondiak has said this since her release and this is a quote from the quote i don't truly understand it an act of horror and violence like that but I hope we can just find peace and move on. My biggest fear is that she hasn't been rehabilitated, that she she's tricked those in the system, and that she hasn't moved forward. I hope she's truly taken responsibility for this and is able to move forward.
0: I think he summed it up perfectly, and I agree with him. And I really hope that she has found true rehabilitation. Right. And also lives with the fact that she partook in murdering her family every day of her life.
1: Yeah. Jeremy has been referred to as an ex-boyfriend in some articles. So it's assumed that they called off their relationship slash engagement. I fucking hope so. And he now goes by the name of Jackson May. So he's also changed his identity to get away from this. But, I mean, part of showing remorse and feeling sorry for what you did should include never speaking to him again yeah so i really hope that everything
0: is called off i hope so and i don't understand his changing of the name unless he kind of wanted to do a start fresh kind of thing although you really can't you're a pedophile and you're a murderer yeah but he is in prison so what is changing his name going to do Right,
1: like, is it just something that you felt like you wanted to do? I don't understand. Yeah. I just hate him. Yeah, me too. I think he is the main instigator of this entire thing, and it doesn't take blame off of Jasmine, but it wouldn't have happened. I mean, maybe it would have. I don't know. It Yeah. It wouldn't have happened if he wasn't in the picture.
0: I don't know how to feel about her, obviously, We've, we've gone back and forth about this almost the whole episode, but...
1: Right. And who's to say that, like, if this didn't happen, something else horrible would have happened because she clearly had mental health issues. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is it's so hard to know if she had these underlying tendencies and these underlying thoughts or mental illness before she met him and if this would have happened either way at some point or if he truly just fed all of that and i mean he did manipulate a child right but if he exacerbated that
1: like i truly believe though you can't go from having zero mental health problems and growing up in a in like even a decent household it doesn't have to be great But, like, a decent household, I don't know what their home life was. I'm not going to pretend that I do. But how do you go from that to murdering somebody with, like, somebody pushing you? You have to have some kind of underlying problems.
0: With a man that was 11 years older than you?
1: Yeah. And, And
0: I mean, as as an adult now, and if she is truly rehabilitated, I hope she now sees her parents perspective and that they were only trying to protect her from a a predator
1: yeah and
0: that they were completely rational and correct in the choices they were making for her clearly he was not a good guy on top of being 11 years older than her oh god i can't this whole thing
1: is just crazy
0: so sickening. I'm, like, absolutely sick to my stomach right now. Yeah. I – honestly, it's, it's hard
1: to do these types of cases and then go on with your day without thinking about it the entire fucking day. Mm-hmm. It's just so sickening and hard to believe.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like, too, if everyone who listens has noticed, we – it's hard because you want to cover all the cases and you want – people to know the stories of these people and what happened to them and just their what great people they were beforehand in this case meaning her parents and her brother but at the same time we typically try not to cover cases involving children as much i think for our own mental health
1: honestly as like
0: somewhat selfish as that sounds yeah it's just every time we do we're like traumatized by it for weeks and not to make this about us but i feel like also listeners have responded by saying wow that was a lot like that was a heavy one Mm -hmm. i needed like i like i feel like everyone needs a break from that for a little while even though clearly there is no break with those kinds of things in the real world right it's like for your own mental health, you kind of need to take a step back. It's it's so hard because one part of you is like, you don't want to close your eyes to it, mm-hmm. right? And you want to make sure you're giving those victims a voice and you want to acknowledge that this type of thing is happening. But then in the same respect, you're like, Like, I can only handle so much of this.
1: Like, it literally makes me physically ill to think about children being, like, abused and murdered and tortured. And I can only physically handle it in doses. Right. Right.
0: And I I think I just wanted to make that clear to our listeners that, like, it's not like we don't think about those kind of cases or intentionally push them aside. That's not what's happening. We we think about them all the time it's just harder to delve into deep research about those kind of kinds of crimes for us and to cover those and not have a long lasting effect and if we were to do multiple in a row or in a month i feel like that would be horrible for our, our mental health
1: I would be unwell
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah, agreed. All right, could we end with that's something upbeat and something to look forward to? The wedding,
0: <laughs> the wedding. Yeah, lots of drinks and dancing tonight.
1: Very very excited.
0: Carson has been working hard
1: on his officiant speech.
0: Aww. We'll all we'll try to get some pictures up for you guys. It might not be that night, but. Yeah, probably not. I'll try to get some for you guys.
1: Yeah, I'm very, very excited.
0: Yeah, I don't I can't really think of anything else up to off the top of my head right now.
1: Me either. But that's okay. We will go through our spiel and then talk to you guys next week. Yeah. All right, so you know to find us on Instagram at crime cults and coffee. That's where we post our weekly pictures of the cases. There's also the coffee reviews that we have. This week we'll post the recipes that we had both talked about and potentially the pictures of Carson's cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> and then on our in our bio on our Instagram, there's a, a link tree and it's all of the platforms that we are currently on. So if you want to s- figure out how to get to us, go to our bio on our Instagram. And then you can also find us on Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post weekly photos of every case with the resources included.
0: Yeah, we'll make sure to post those coffee recipes too on the Facebook this week as well as the links on I'll, – I'll put them in the show notes and we'll obviously post those on Instagram as well. Yep. So if you have a case suggestion like Alyssa did or a listener story, you can DM us at Coffee on Instagram, or you can send us an email at CrimeCoultsAndCoffee at gmail.com. If you would be so kind, (laughs) leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on any other listening platform of your choice, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe, and that'll let you know when episodes come out every week. Yes. And as Kelsey said, send us some, send us some uh, DMs or messages, and just let us know you're out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we speaking into the void? Who's listening? See <laughs> numbers. I need to see faces. All of a sudden, we're gonna get a beep, bop, boop, and it's gonna be an alien from <laughs> far out, being like, "I listen. <laughs> I am a Kram and coffee fan. Oh my god. We're not making. Fun I tried that. your coffee recipe."
1: our chat was great listen (laughs) we're not making fun of you i don't know if you talk like that you might not i
0: know that was very that was actually insensitive we we, i wonder how aliens actually speak they probably speak just like us
1: right or like what if they spoke backwards they just said everything backwards
0: oh my god that'd be really creepy (laughs) that's why people are freaked out when they see an alien (laughs) the aliens like i don't get it I don't understand. I'm just talking, <laughs> but it sounds like great. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. You heard it from the alien. Uh, listen to us weekly, and we'll see you guys next week.
0: Yeah. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>